Loving Father, we thank you for being here with us. Um, your love is just so amazing and it's enfolding us. It's everywhere from the ocean to our left, to the hills to our right, and everything in between. And uh, we ask that you will come and, and teach us and lead us today, we pray in your name. Amen. Some of our small groups have been uh, looking at the book titled Dare to Ask for More. I know that one of our small groups is reading the book by Mark Patterson, um, The Circle Maker. But the, the books um, all take the premise of going deeper with God in prayer and asking more than just blessing the food. Um, asking God to intervene in his creation in a mighty way. For the purpose of glorifying his name, not for the purpose of making us look special. Uh, the purpose is to glorify his name. And so we started last evening talking about this incredible love that God has for us. And some of you, if you have been at Mount Vernon and Cedar Home last few weeks, have heard the same sentiment. But when we begin to move into the idea of asking God for something radical, asking God for something amazing, asking God for something that's so out, far out beyond our wheelhouse, we need to really lean into the idea of being consumed by God's love. Okay, we're going to work through that um, right now, and then after breakfast or brunch, we're going to dive back into it and look at some... Uh, Bible examples. Um, try to turn that a little bit. Okay, so our Heavenly Father waits to bestow upon us the fullness of His blessing. It is our privilege to drink largely at the fountain of boundless love. What a wonder it is that we pray so little. This comes from a little book called Steps to Christ. There's going to be a few quotes up here. They're all on page 65, pretty much. In the chapter, The Privilege of Prayer. Okay? Uh, but that chapter follows uh, the chapter, uh, God's Love for Man. But here, our Heavenly Father waits to bestow upon us the fullness of His blessing. It is our privilege, look at here, to drink largely at the fountain of His boundless love. Now, when we shared this concept, um, I had a water bottle and illustrated that it was down about maybe an inch and a half or so, that it took me 42 years to get it that far uh, because I just sip it every once in a while. But God doesn't challenge us to sip on him. He challenges us to guzzle him. Okay? Um, and I'll illustrate, maybe, a, maybe this is a poor illustration, but an illustration nonetheless. When I first starting, started writing a number of years ago, probably almost 30 years ago, riding uh, long-distance bike rides, um, I had a mountain bike, and I was trying to convert it to a road bike, and it was kind of a silly deal. But my first 100-mile ride was in Wenatchee at the Apple Century there, sponsored by Treetop Apple Juice. And I had my mountain bike. I didn't have clips. I had, you know, it was a mountain bike with slick tires on it. And um, T-shirt and shorts. 
I mean, I grew up on the east side. Come on, we can handle it. I've only been over on this side seven years. You know, the webbing hadn't got too far into me yet. So I'm over there and I'm just moving right along and we come to the first stop. And Treetop has a, a cattle bin, you know, watering bin, big watering bin full of ice, full of Treetop apple juice, about six ounces. It's 100 degrees. And I'm looking at that going, yes, this is a smart sponsor right here. And uh, I had some of the original power bars, which are like, they're not good, okay? So I had the original power bar and I knocked back six, six ounces of ice cold treetop apple juice. That is not drinking in God. That's drinking in sin. Because my gut just went twist. And I still needed to get from Lake Wenatchee, Upper Lake Wenatchee, back down to Leavenworth, back down into Wenatchee. I swore off of treetop apple juice. And there was an elderly gentleman there that said, uh, you need sunscreen. And so I put sunscreen on and we headed down to Leavenworth. And uh, we praise the Lord, it was downhill. And we got into Leavenworth underneath the uh, clock tower there, which actually worked back then. And they had another bend of ice cold treetop apple juice. Now I had sworn off of sin, right? But it was 110 degrees. And I was feeling the burn. And man, that ice cold treetop apple juice, I had to knock it back again. Same thing happened. Oh, cramps! And by the time I got to one of the orchards, down between Leavenworth and uh, Wenatchee, I was shot. And I pulled off and went into the shade in the tall grass and just started dumping water on me. Had to rest for a while before I could get back. I get back and the girls, Jessica and Brittany, were just tiny little ones with their little, uh, you know, house in the prairie bonnets and skirts. And Kim was there looking beautiful and had a basket of goodies, favorite goodies, and we're all ready to go for a family picnic. Except the guy who just showed up there with twisted gut from drinking ice cold treetop apple juice. So I had to go back to the hotel and turn on the air conditioning and they put my rider tag and here lies uh, rider 791 under the Anyway, he died right there. That was my first 100-mile ride. That's sin. That's not taking in God. If you're taking in proper nourishment, you're going to have energy for the ride. And God says, drink largely from the fountain of my boundless love. Take me in. Take me in. If someone can either get on their phone or have their Bible and look at John chapter 1, verse 16, and just read it nice and loud. I'll, I'll phrase it back so the people online can hear. But um, if someone wants to just read that to us, John chapter 1, verse 16.
Who's got that? Anybody? God of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. All right, we have received grace in place of grace already given. And other translations might say blessing upon blessing. In English, they're having a hard time with the Greek here. Because the Greek here is, um, it's like, a, like the waves out here. The waves never stop. The tide comes and goes and comes and goes. This is the, the uh, John trying to express a reality from God that his blessings are upon blessings upon blessings upon blessings upon blessings. You can't say it enough to get the meaning of the Greek here. When we were, we were talking or singing earlier, I was reminded of an article that Carol Moffat gave me. I, I keep it. It's from the, I'm, I keep it for a variety of reasons, the content, number one, but the reality that they published this on Camino Island in the newspaper uh, is pretty awesome. But a chaplain uh, wrote about the word Yahweh and how he had learned the pronunciation is really Yahweh. Think about it. Yahweh. When we are breathing in and breathing out, we are saying the name of God. When we've got done with that 100-mile ride and we're panting furiously, we're really breathing in and out the, the power of God. When we're afraid and we're crying out, we're crying out with the name of God. God is around us, and he, he wants to bless us and, and invite us to drink largely from this fountain, but we struggle with that reality. Look at here, 1 John 4, 8 and 16. God is love. We talked about this last night. But I want you to notice, and please Lean into this. This is going to um, consume you, and it should. That's why we titled it this way. It doesn't say God is mercy, although God is merciful, right? It doesn't say God is just, although he is. It says God is love. The reality of God's nature is love. And that's why Brittany substituted those words last night into some of the, the scripture. Love is calling us. We are made in the image of love. We're going we're gonna to demonstrate this a little bit. In Ephesians 3, 17 to 20, Paul is writing, and he challenges the Ephesians, and he prays for them, and he says, I wish that you could understand the height, the depth, the length, and the width of God's love. If God is eternity, and some of us are more adept at geometry than others, some are more adept at algebra than others, but if you can think of it geometrically and understand that lines go on forever, right? If you have an arrow on the end of the line, that's denoted that that line goes forever in the algebraic textbook. Cubically, that's the same thing. God is infinite. And you start going out into space, and you realize that there's over 300 billion galaxies. It can't, 
they can't even come to the end of space. They don't know how far it is. They make these wild guesses. But it is bigger than we ever can hope to imagine. And Paul is praying that his listeners and the readers of this book would realize that God's love is so wide, so long, so high, so deep, that we can't even comprehend it. The crazy thing is, the devil has convinced us that God's love is about this big. It's just a bite. No, 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 no. He wants to baptize you, soak you, wrap you up in his love. Amen. Well, then it, when we read about the fountain and us uh, thing out of Deceptive Christ, it should take us to John 4, right? Where the woman at the well comes in the heat of the day, and Jesus says, can I have a drink? And they have this whole discussion, and he says, if you knew who I was, you would ask me, and I would give you a drink. And it would become a spring of water welling up inside of you. God is offering her the opportunity to drink from that boundless fountain of endless love. It's amazing. Amen. It's right here. I love this. I love this episode of The Chosen right here. One of my favorite episodes. This lady in the picture here, the woman of Samaria. I want you to think about something for a minute. We had Mary Magdala, Mary Magdalene, woman of Magdala. <clears throat> she was a prostitute of Magdala. This is the woman of Samaria, not of Sychar. She's living in Sychar right now, but she's the woman of Samaria. She's had five husbands. She's living with a sixth. There's an issue about relationship, trust, need, probably a whole bunch of other stuff. And when she starts telling people, he told me, I met a man who told me everything I ever did. I'm just guessing the people all over Samaria heard it. You see the difference between Magdala, Mary Magdala, Magdalene, and the woman of Samaria. I think it's bigger than just Sychar. She's living in Sychar, but the message of her transformation traveled all over Samaria. All over Samaria. When we drink the water Jesus gives us, we are drinking in God's love. God's love comes from the fountain of boundless love and becomes an artesian well of living, loving water we share with other people. Amen. Thank you, God. We share with other people. Okay? All right. We're going we're gonna to work through this a little bit. If I could have Roger and Stephanie come up here and help me. Just kind of, if you need to move closer, they're going to be sitting right here. If you need to stand up, feel free. Um, but we want to lean into this analogy uh, here this morning. Remember, last night when Brittany was talking... The church is called what in relationship to, to God? Bride. The bride. So, <clears throat> Roger's bride is here. Okay? Now, if we think about some other scripture, John 15 says, Abide in me. Right? Abide in me. 
So that's a, a, an invitation to abide in Christ, and Christ is what? Love. So we need, we need you to abide, or she, we need her to abide in you. <clears throat> All right, we have a blanket. We're going to wrap her up in love. There we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now it says to drink in from God's fountain of boundless what? Love. Love. All right. So, and he's called the water of life. <clears throat> and so we have the water right here, the water from the fountain of love. Okay. <clears throat> and she can drink that in, not just sip on it, just take it because there's more of it, right? There's more of it, never ending. Then in John chapter 6, we learn that Jesus calls himself the bread of life. life. And we're asked to eat. In John chapter 6, we're asked to eat Jesus. Eat the word. Okay? So we brought a piece of bread shaped as a heart because God is love. So now the bride of Christ is wrapped in his love. And Roger, we need you. Well, you can stay right there. That's a good place for you. So stay right there. Stay right there. Hug. Give her a hug. I'm God. I can decide. You can just, yes. You can. Okay, so <clears throat> she's wrapped in God's love. She's has the water, taking it inside of her. She's eating in God's love. What can she ask for now? Can she ask for him to bless the food? Yeah. Can she ask for a miracle? Yeah. Yeah. Can she dare to ask for more? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And I'm waiting for her to ask. And you're waiting. You're, you're, I mean, go ahead, give her a hug. Okay. Ask me anything. Yes. Think of, yes, think about this, you guys. We're, we're role playing, trying to make an illustration here. But when you're wrapped up in God's love, put it in the context of marriage, in a healthy marriage. If. <laughs> You're holding your spouse, if I'm holding Kim close, and she looks at me as she only can do, and asks me for something in that moment, the percentage, the reality of that piece being yes, the answer to that being yes, is really, really high. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely high, okay? <laughs> it's the same thing with God. He made us for that. You see, in the beginning he made man, woman, and together they are one flesh, and they represent the image of God. So when we're wrapped up in God, we can ask for more. We can ask for him to protect our family. We can ask for him to heal. We can ask for him to move in whatever direction the Holy Spirit is, is laying upon us. Now, we also learned last night we have free choice, right? So Stephanie could choose to not drink in God's love. She could choose not to eat in God's knowledge and, and person and not be wrapped up. So she could, free choice says, we can just, you know, put it all away. We don't need God. Well, here's an interesting thing. Has God moved has God moved? No. God hasn't moved. He's not laying, lay, lay back with your arms crossed. He's not sitting here in judgment. He's sitting here eager for Stephanie to respond to his love, right? But on that same page, we'll look at it in just a minute. 
Ellen White tells us that um, when we refuse God's love and God's attention, that we are covered up in darkness. We're enshrouded. Now, God's not doing this, okay? God's got to stay put. Oops. <laughs> All right. So, can she see God now? She can't see God. Even though God hasn't moved, God is still here. She can't see God. Okay? And she could ask for help, but if she doesn't ask for help, what is our role, church? Pray for her. We are inter interceding, okay? So, who wants to pray that Stephanie will hear God's voice? Who, no, wait, 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 wait. Who wants to pray that God will take this, the, remove the darkness? Okay, Sierra, you pray. Oh, yeah, look at here. There, look at that. Woo! <coughs> and who took it off? God took it off. Keep that in mind. Stephanie didn't take it off. God took it off and put his love on her again. Okay? That's what we're talking about last night and today. We're, thank you very much, you two are awesome. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. We're talking about falling so in love with God that we can ask him to save our children. We can ask him to save marriages. We can ask him to rescue family members. Like I'm, I told Roger last night when we were having prayers, I've been convicted to reach out to my older brother. Now, I don't know where, I, I have an idea where he is in the United States, but I do not know exactly. He has kind of fallen off the radar and has nothing to do with the family for the last you know, whatever, 30 years. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, his name is Doug. It's the same as your older brother. Yeah. But you know, uh, you know how God's moms pray for their kiddos, and I know that my mom prayed for us, and uh, I know that God has, list has listened to her prayers, and, um, and so he will answer it in Doug's life. It says, what can angels of heaven think of poor, helpless human beings who are subject to temptation when God's heart of infinite love yearns towards them? ready to give them more than they can ask or think, and yet they pray so little and have so little faith. You know, you've heard this quote until it probably just kind of, you know, prayer is the key in the hand of faith that opens heaven's storehouse. 
Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is texting God. Prayer is FaceTiming God. Prayer is Snapchatting God. Prayer is whatever, those new ones that came out. <laughs> okay? The new connections have come out. Prayer is communication with God. And most of the prayers in Scripture are short prayers. There's a few long prayers, but most of them are short prayers. You know, think of Peter. He gets out of the boat, and he begins to get afraid and lose sight of Jesus, and he's sinking in the water, and he simply says, Lord, help me. God reaches down and pulls him up. God will always answer that prayer. Lord, help me. Lord, help my children. Lord, help my spouse. Lord, help in this business deal. I'm, he's interested in this stuff, you guys. I can just tell you from personal experience, he's interested in the most mundane little tiny thing in your life because he loves you. He loves me. <laughs> okay? And so we wonder why we pray so little. <clears throat> Think of, of the book, Ty Gibson. By the way, I want to promote this book as well. You can actually go to Light Bearers right now. There's a three-part series based on this book covering those three points that Brittany highlighted last night. <clears throat> Our place in heaven, friends, is closer than angels. We're sitting on the throne of God. We ought to be talking to the person we're going to be sitting with. We ought to be talking to Jesus like all the time. You know, when I'm turning wrenches, when I'm cooking, when I'm repairing tires, when I'm high jumping, <laughs> whatever it is, God's interested in it. He made us to turn wrenches, to high jump, to play tennis, to cook, to play piano, to do whatever it is. He has created us for that. Invite him into it. Down here, the darkness of the evil one encloses those who neglect to pray. You know, if you are feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling confused, frustrated, stressed out, <coughs> stop and pray. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to share a little testimony, a little confession with you right now. Um, of course, I don't, my, I'm still recovering my voice from uh, allergies and head cold that happened last weekend. A couple days ago, um, I needed to be at some appointments in the afternoon. I could barely talk, and I really couldn't miss these appointments. And I'm in the morning trying to clear my sinuses and clear my throat and get so I can breathe. And I became very, very frustrated. <laughs> And I said, God, and I slammed my fist down on the counter. Why can't you just take this away? And then I went downstairs to have devotion, right? <laughs> and just, I'm just really having a moment with God. I'm throwing a tantrum. I'm like that two-year-old laying in the middle of the floor throwing a tantrum, but I'm not two. And, um, <clears throat> and I said, I know I'm studying the deep abiding love of God, but this is confusing and frustrating. <laughs> And we're having just a daddy-son talk here for a little bit. You see, the darkness will come in. Satan knows what's going to push your buttons. And he'll push them. And he'll keep pushing them. 
until he gets you. And then when he gets you, he'll go, ha, 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 ha. Okay, you guys have had little siblings before? And they push your button until you throw them through a window, which I did. Okay? Satan won't do it. He'll push those buttons. Yeah, I did. I pushed my little brother through a window. <laughs> he survived to keep bugging me. But anyway, he's a great little brother, though. Satan will push the buttons. We have to stay in connection with God. Yeah. Yeah, we have to go. Satan wants you separated from God, wants me separated from God. If he can keep us with the bag over our head, pretty soon we're going to be suffocated, right? In fact, this is, this is so natural. As Stephanie said yeah, uh, last night when we were talking about it, she said, will I be able to breathe? Yeah. See, this is, this is all, you think, oh, this is just human nuance. No, no, no. This is a bigger picture. We respond with those natural questions and comments based on a spiritual reality. You know, you can, you can watch um, pretty much every movie that's been successful ever. It has a couple of things in it. It has a hero that rescues a damsel in distress. And there's happy ever after at the end. It comes right out of Hollywood. It has nothing to do with spirituality, except that is a spiritual reality. We all want a hero, and we all want to live happily ever after with our love forever. That's what God wants. He wants to be our hero, and he wants to be our lover forever. So I had to throw these pictures up here, because every time I watch The Chosen, and I see Jesus hugging somebody, I become jealous. I said, I want a Jesus hug. I want a Jesus hug. That's really what it is. Begins with being consumed by God's love. This is Mary. Mary Magdala. Right here. Episode 1. That hug is incredible. Right there. This is Nicodemus. Jesus hugging Nicodemus after their conversation. This is his mommy, his Ema. Down, there, down here, hugging mommy. And this is the leper. Episode 6 Amen. is the leper. You know, we're all full of leprosy of sin. Yeah. Yeah. And God wants to cleanse us from the leprosy of sin and hug us. Amen. You know, when this episode out of Scripture comes, the leper says, if you are willing, you can heal me. And Jesus says, I am willing. And then what does he do? He touches him. You realize this leper could not be within four cubits of anybody and had to holler out, unclean, unclean. It looked like a total fool. And people thought they were cursed of God because he had this disease. So you're cursed of God. Stay over there. No family, no wife, no, no nothing. Nobody touching anybody. 
don't know how long he had been in this state, but it's, I think it's uh, important to note that Jesus says, I'm willing, and then touches, touches him. If you watch the Matthew videos, you see this, it's an older one from the 90s, you see this with Bruce Marciano. And we had Bruce Marciano come into the last school I was principal of to talk to the teachers about being Christ in the classroom. So we got uh, a professional growth, uh, you know, CU credits for it, and uh, we had it down there in Eugene. <clears throat> Bruce is a clean freak. I'm a germaphobe, he says. And in that one, they hired local people from the Middle East to play the, uh, some, some of the roles. And he said, they're just, they're dirty. They're not, they're just dirty. He said, most Americans are dirty to me because I'm a germaphobe. And he said, I knew I needed to be true to the gospel and I needed to hug, touch this person. So he stayed in his trailer praying that God would give him his heart. I think you mentioned that in our prayer time last night, Roger. That God would give him his heart for this scene that he was going to do. And when they began to, uh, in, for hours he prayed, <laughs> when they came to that moment and they were live, and he shows the clip when he's talking of him just hugging the guy, just wrapping, not just touching him, hugging him. And he said, I had so much love for that person, I couldn't help myself. God had given him a little taste of what it might have been like in that moment. God wants to give us a hug. We're all going to, I don't know how long we'll have to stand in line in heaven to get our God hug, but I, I think, you know, everything will change, time and space and all that stuff will probably not be, you know, too long, but I just kind of want to sit in his lap, yeah. you know. It's been a long time since I was able to sit in someone's lap bigger than me and get a hug, right? So it'll be great. All right. Um, I think this might be part two. Yeah, that's what it is. It's part two. Um, we'll, we'll, we're going to pick it up right here at, after breakfast. We've got about uh, 15 minutes or so for you to refresh yourself. But uh, let's uh, let's just pause and, and I'll have, I'll be quiet for a minute. And uh, if you want to just talk to God quietly, um, feel free to do that. Okay? And then I'll close with prayer. Oh, loving Father, we love you so much. You are so good to us. We don't even realize, like we sang 10,000 reasons earlier, and Brittany was right, and it's probably a billion plus reasons every day. We thank you for caring about us that much. Help us to respond to you and allow you to, to love us and wrap us up as we kind of role played here today. Wrap us up in your love. Just draw us to the fountain of your boundless love. And uh, just help us drink you in. Help us eat on you every day. Help us to just bring you into our very existence moment by moment from the time we wake up until we go to sleep. 
We thank you that you're willing to do that, that you've promised blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing and more and more and more. We give you the praise. And now as we take a little break here, um, be with us during this time as we talk with each other and fellowship together. In Jesus' name, amen.